There you go, Dodgers, huh? Yeah, I should have came yesterday. I'd like to invite you to uh, reach in front of you. There's a connection card in front of you, in, in your, uh, on, on the pew in front of you. That Someone hold it up. It's a blue and white card, isn't it? Yeah, blue and white card. And we invite you to share some information with us. We, we ask that everyone fill one out to some degree. Just leave it on your pew. But on the back, it's an opportunity. If you have any questions for us, any way we can be of help to you, just check that off and, and uh, give us a contact information. Well, we're glad you're here. As you're doing that, I'll read some, um, some little bit of announcements, which I forgot my bulletin down here. But on the back, on your bulletin today, on the back side, it talks about, we naturally have lunch today. We always have it on Sunday. But uh, t is today curry lunch? Okay, today's curry lunch. So in other words, there's a curry lunch after service today, and uh, so please stick around for that. We, um, you can read the different committee meetings, social fellowship, uh, there's a harvester meeting, um, boxes collections are coming up ushers and greeters are this coming Saturday in other words if you would like to find out more about being an usher or greeter in the church uh, come to the meeting this coming Saturday at 930 it'd be in the social hall uh, single adult dinner next set next Sunday uh, just various things women's night out stuff like that If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Proverbs chapter 3. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Bible, and understand that the, one of the key things about the book of Proverbs is, is it is accepted as a book about wisdom. Wisdom is the key focus, or let's say the focus of the book of Proverbs. So it's a good book to stay in once, in, you know, just to turn to once in a while and, and just always refer back to it. If you have a systematic reading schedule, it's nice to include Proverbs. It's nice to include Psalms. It's nice to include these, these, uh, these books that have, have a, a relational, but also a, a guiding wisdom in, especially in Proverbs here. But in Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let's pray. Father, as we are about to get into this whole idea of uh, this teaching of stewardship and, and giving, Father, we pray that you will just open our hearts and our minds and help us, Lord, to, to have the, uh, the right attitude, but also the, the willingness, Father, to receive from you and to learn from you this morning. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time we have. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I like sports. Uh, in my younger days, I used to play uh, quite a bit of sports, and now as an old guy, I like watching them. Um, but one of the things that um, we do, all of us have to do this, uh, there's one thing that we're all involved with, one thing that we all have to deal with on a regular basis, and that is money. And this morning, I'm going to talk about money. Now, if you are here for the first or second time, 
and you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's just like I thought. Churches talk about getting into our money. No, realize we talk about money one Sunday a year, and this just happens to be it. And if you hit it, and you just happen to be here today, then I just say God wanted you to hear it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> but we do talk about money. See, I have no problem talking about money because giving to the Lord, the whole idea of tithing was a real breakthrough in my faith. For me to, to attend church, attend church, and to grab on to the truth about what God's word says about, a, about tithing or giving to him, when I started doing that, that moved my faith forward in ways I never would have imagined. So we're going to talk about money today. And frankly, I, I, I really enjoy talking about money. I'm not a lover of money by no means. That's the Bible, you know, heaven forbid that. But I've always looked at money as a challenge. You know, it's something that demands a strategy. It's something that demands decision making. It's something that, is, that, that, that takes discipline and sometimes risk. There's a lot of factors when we think of handling our money. When we moved from, uh, am I breaking out here, in and out? A little bit, am I? Should I go over there? Let's do that. I, I just don't like it when I'm breaking in and out. Okay. Just, just means I'm kind of chained to this pulpit here. Am I on now? How about, okay? All right, we'll have to work on this. But anyway, when we talk about money, we talk about all the things that deal with money. I'll share with you a little story. Has, am I on? There it goes. When, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I and family, for, you don't go back in years. We served in Brazil for 13, 14 years, and then we were called from Brazil to come to this church. We came to the church at, um, and started the ministry here January 1st, 1998. Uh, but when we moved from this area and, they, and we had to sell the parsonage where we lived, uh, I selected a place in a city called Diamond Bar to live. Now, one of the reasons why I chose Diamond Bar is that it is within 15 and 20 minutes from a lot of good schools. I have three daughters, and I thought, hey, when these kids get ready for college, there's this Cal Poly Pomona there's this Cal State Fullerton, there's Mount Sac, they're all within 15, 20 minutes, and no one has to live away from home. Saving us money, and, and they just come home and eat and sleep and go off to class and come on back after class is done. Hey, money saved, right? Sounds like a good stewardship thing, right? But, you know, it works so far. Uh, daughter number one graduated Cal Poly. But daughter number two is at UC Merced. Now, what in the world is she doing at UC Merced? Well, what she's doing is she's growing as a Christian and maturing as a human being. You know, some people say, well, you know, out of all your planning and all that you're doing, was that good, was that good stewardship? And I'll talk about what stewardship is. And I say, yes, it's excellent use of the Lord's money. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, like I said, is money. And we want to talk about how God views money. We want to talk about how God wants, wants us to think upon the use of money. And, and, and understand that in stewardship, like I shared with you last week, 
Stewardship is a biblical principle that, that we as Christians believe that everything comes from the Lord. Everything. See, that's one of the key things when we think about stewardship of our time, of our abilities, of our, of our finances. We have to talk about what is the source. So today we're going to talk about, start off by talking about the source of money. Where in the world does your money come from? What does God have to say about it? Well, when we read in Psalm 24.1, there's this very short verse, and it just says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. That's pretty inclusive. I shared this last week. That means everything basically belongs to the Lord. Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You know, I really believe this. It's not just physical ability and the use of our hands, but our, our mental capabilities, our health, our opportunities. God is the one who, 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 who is the one who gives us this ability to have wealth, to have money. So when we think of all the generations of what the Lord is saying to mankind, or especially to believers, he's saying that he is the source of all we have and will have. He is that source. Now, some of you may be saying, hey, hey, wait a minute, but what about that guy who doesn't believe in God? What about that guy that has all kinds of stuff, more stuff than I have? I, I can... I can, I can relate to that. Well, but when we look at God's word, realize that God has this special plan for Israel, right? We know that. We know God's plan for Israel all the way from the very beginning in Genesis 12 as, as he called Abraham and how he's dealing with Israel even today. Even today and what's going on in the Middle East. Well, he's working out his plan for them. But also we've got to remember that God has a plan for his children for each of us, all, all of us who believe, which is also being worked out. Now, the Bible tells us that God chose us. From the very beginning, from before the world was created, God knew that we were going to be his child. And he started working in your life, in my life, and for those who believe, he started working in our lives even before we believed in him. But when we did come to him in faith, when we did become his child through faith in Jesus Christ, that's when things really started popping. That's when things came into our lives like divine direction, direction from the Lord. That's when things like conviction of our heart to do certain things and be led to, do, to walk in a certain way, that unexpected provision and blessing that came into, comes into our life, that divine care and protection on the road that sometimes you may not even be aware of, that that that. that Direction of, of, of life purpose that comes with believing in a living God. So who is the source of all we have? God is the source of all we have. And stewardship basically is talking about the use of what the Lord has entrusted to us, be it our lives, our children, our house, our, our money, our, our, the, 
the very time we have on this earth and to use that to please him. Use that to glorify him. To use that in the way that he would want us to use it. See, the use of money touches upon two major things God wants to do for us, his children. Now, if you have a child, you can think, oh, this child needs this, this child needs this. I would hope that, you know, you have different thoughts of how our children uh, should be built up and maybe guided. There's two ways God wants us to be built up in when we think of money. One is faith. The other one has to do with our character. See, as we use money his way, whether you believe it or not, but if those of you who have been giving to the Lord and walking with the Lord, you will understand when I say that through our giving, through our use of our, our time and our, our giftedness, our lives, our money, God reshapes us. He reprioritizes our hearts to align with his. See, generally speaking, we're set in our ways. Generally speaking, we are self-centered people. So, how does God use money to shape our faith and character? Let's think about this. Matthew 6.24. Let's look at this verse. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, so in, in, in one sense, we have to look at, when we talk about this whole idea of stewardship, that it isn't ours, that it's really the Lord's, that takes faith. We're talking about an invisible God. We're talking about, about that choice. Are you willing to be... Re be releasing things that God wants you to release. See, when we follow the spending trail of money, what do we find? We find your heart. You'll find my heart. See, if we follow that, that, that trail of money, how you spend your money, for sure you're going to see your loved ones on that trail. It's going to lead to your loved ones. It's going to lead to your kids, your family, people closest to you. But then the question has to be asked, where do we see God? Is God seen in that trail as we see how we spend our money? The purposeful giving to God reveals a heart for God, reveals a heart for the Master. Purposeful giving reveals who God is to us, it's just like our series we did. Are you a fan or are you a follower? It reveals who God is. Giving with the right heart does what? It builds faith. Because it reveals, do you really believe this stuff? Do you really believe in this God of the Bible? Do you really believe that there's such a thing as a need for a Savior? See, it builds faith. It's a real, tangible participation in God's plan and desire to show, the love to the, show God's love to the world. When you give to God, you are in, you're like participating, you're investing, you're saying, yes, God, this is important to me. 
what you're doing is important. How you direct my funds is important. For people to know that you love them is important. I want to see your church healthy and going forward. There's just different things that when we give to God, it reveals about our heart. The Bible talks about tithing. Tithing is the biblical standard of giving to the Lord. Kind of like the government. You know the government sets different salary standards, minimum standards, and all that kind of stuff. Well, tithing is God's standard of giving. And it's 10% after taxes. I love that after taxes. It's 10% after taxes. You know, Jesus said, hey, to the, the, the Jews who said, okay, they try to catch Jesus in, um, in uh, something that would upset the people. Jesus, should we pay taxes? And Jesus says, well, who's on the coin? They said, well, Caesar's naturally on the coin. He said, give to Caesar that which is owed to Caesar. Give to God that which should be given to God. So tithing is that biblical standard given to God. And like I said, it's, it's, it's an after-tax thing, and it's something that is in direct correlation with our relationship with him. Your, t- your giving to the Lord is going to reveal to your heart, nobody else, but just to your heart, where God is in your life. Take, for example, how many of you have ever received a wedding invitation or an invitation to a wedding some, somehow, and you've wrestled with how much to spend for that wedding gift? You ever been in that situation? Okay, let's take, for example, you get a card in the mail that says, invite you to the wedding of your third cousin who lives in Boston and you haven't seen her in 10 years. Okay. Now, let's compare that to you have to decide on how much to spend on a wedding gift for your own daughter. See, how we give reveals the relationship we have with the person we're giving to. The tithing reveals our relationship, which involves our knowledge of God and our trust of God. See, in most cases, as our relationship grows, our giving to God increases. And if you're here and you don't believe, you're just really very, uh, just starting off and understanding who God is, that's fine. Don't worry about any of this that I'm talking about. Just know that this is a principle in the Bible. But for those of you who do believe, realize that tithing is simply obedience. It's simply obedience. See, God doesn't actually need our money. He doesn't need our money. But he knows that giving shows our heart. It shows our heart. And, and it, has, it has nothing to do with your salvation. It has nothing to do with how much he loves you. But our giving to him gives us a truer assessment of what we believe. Does that make sense? I hope it does. That, that by our giving us something that's so important to us, because money is important, right? By us giving liberally to the, to the Lord our God of something that's important to us, it reveals to us where we stand and what we believe. It's no different than Abraham giving up of Isaac. Because the Lord said, you know, how important is it for God's kingdom to grow in your, in your mind? 
how important is it for this church to grow in its influence in this world? How important is it for people to understand the need for Jesus Christ? Breaking up again. Mark, what are we going to do here? That's the big one. How important is it for Pastor Corey's kids to have new shoes? See, see I, I like the whole idea of tithing. The tithe helps me keep things in balance. Because there's so much draw from the world to spend in this way, to buy that. But, but tithing keeps me balanced, participating in God's plan. His plan to draw all men to himself. Draw all men to what? To a life of purpose, to a life that is everlasting. See, I believe that the best life in the world for anybody is a life with Jesus Christ. See, if you don't believe that, then what I'm talking about is a little bit more difficult. I believe that a life with Jesus Christ is the best life that anyone can have, and I want everyone to have it. Also, tithing, whenever we talk about this, it nurtures faith. When we look at Malachi 3.10, look what this says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. You know, in this material world, there is no end to how we can spend money, how we can enjoy money, how we can waste money. There's no end to it. So, giving to God is a step of faith, which counts on God to do what? To provide, to bless, to show his power and presence to us and our loved ones. You know, it's not a trade, though. Don't get me wrong. This isn't saying, Lord, I'm going to give you this, and so you have to give me that. No. When we talk about giving to the Lord, it's just like the service I talked about here with, with Diane and Norm. It has to be from the heart. It really has to be from the heart. Giving to the Lord is faith, gratitude. It's believing the word. It's obeying what he says. It's trusting God in your life. And giving to the Lord builds character. How does tithing build character? Well, first, it builds discipline. To systematically give out of your income monthly to the Lord. That, it, it, what it does, it helps us to control impulses. It helps us to be more purposeful and more deliberate in how we spend. I read an article the other day of how this, uh, this, this younger generation, how they spend so much on eating out. Eating out is such a big part of this younger generation's culture. When I was growing up, we went out at the most once a month as a kid. No, I take that back. I'd say probably twice a month. And a lot of times when we went out, the big day was where? McDonald's. Right? This ain't what? <laughs> I say this because 
You know, when, you are, are, when your lifestyle deals a lot with going out and, and eating, and that's the pattern of your life, it's amazing on how much you spend. It's amazing how much money you don't even have accountable. You don't even know where it's gone. It's just gone, right? Well, so when we talk about giving to the Lord systematically, it does help us be less impulsive. It does help us be more purposeful and deliberate in our giving. But it also, it nurtures a giving heart. That's what, what this can do too. By giving systematic to the Lord, it helps us to be, let's say, a little bit more generous, thinking of others outside of ourselves. Because basically, we are self-centered, and it helps us to be less self-centered. Another thing, it, it, it makes us personally accountable to what we believe. To be responsible to our convictions. What is really important in your life? Where does God fit in your priorities? I love all these things. I love thinking about this kind of stuff. I guess that's why I'm a pastor, right? Okay. Stewardship, what is it? It is a use of 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 money God has entrusted to us to please him, master. That's what it's all about. It's a very simple teaching. You know, going back to my story about my daughter, you know, I had it all planned out, diamond bar, close to all these good schools, you know, no one has to go off to live away from home, good way to save money, had all these different ideas. But there's a verse in the Bible that is always good to keep near you. And it is Proverbs 16, 9. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. God always has the final say. So in this process, just to go back a little bit, before making that decision for um, my daughter to go off, it took a lot of prayer. I just prayed a lot about it. And with each step of information we found, with each step of her getting closer to applying. It got to a point that finally on the time when she was going to apply to that school, I said to her that I'm convicted that if God wants you to go to that school, you will be accepted. And I will do everything I can possibly do to get you there. And darn it, she was. <laughs> and so she went. And, and God is, is, is blessing everyone around. It's, a, it's, it's God working. You know, when we talk about money, and I bring this up to you, God is not a killjoy. God, God knows your needs. God knows your wants. God knows where you're at. When we talk about giving back to God, I, I suggest it being systematic. And start with as little as you want but just be systematic as it, as you go. And as the Lord just speaks to your heart, and you just have that in your heart to, to give to him, just keep on moving forward. Know that his, his, his biblical standard is a tenth. You just start where you want and you just move forward. But if you do it systematically, it does help a lot. You know, God knows that money is, is a very powerful thing in the right hand. God's entrusted you with it. And so he knows that when we make the right decisions, it will affect his kingdom and will affect this world that has a lot of loss and a lot of needs in it. So to be a good steward, we want to use it to please the master. Part of it is get to know the master better. 
know that all he wants for you is the very best. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your principles, your principles in your word. Father, as we go forward, we know that these principles are there for our good, for our blessing. So help us to embrace your truth. Help us to embrace your, your ways. So Father, we know that that is the way to live that abundant life that you tell us of, the life in Jesus. In his name, amen. Mm -hmm.